Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show on this Hump Day. Yes, it is. We're getting over the hump here in California. Realizing that we've got the Chairman Xi up in uh, the northern part of the state tonight, which is kind of explaining a little bit of the odd rain for me here in San Diego County. Got a great hour uh, two lined up for you guys, so definitely stay tuned for this. Joining me as always, my new partner in crime is DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon, like a dungeon dragon, high heat, sesame, broccolini. Hey, listen, I'm not saying we should bring Xi Jinping to San Diego, but if that's what it takes to get the place cleaned up, then uh, (laughs) I'll pay for his ticket. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm all in. You know, I I just I I, here's my precondition on that, though, my dude. I want if they're going to if they're going to clean up the streets, then they don't get to come back on the street. Right. (laughs) Then then what has to happen is the homeless are supposed to be gone permanently. All right. Um, Glad to have you guys here with us for this hour. Don't forget, if you miss any part of the show, download our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. I love to read the emails out. I read every email I get from y'all. I appreciate you emailing me so much. If I don't respond to everyone, just know that it's because I get about 400 emails a day. It's hard to get to all of them. Super excited to have uh, my next guest with me. Been a while since he's been on the Andrea K Show. He is Scott McKay, contributing editor at the American Spectator, publisher at Reviver.com, uh, publisher at The Hayride, author of books like Tales of Ardenia, and he's actually got a new book out uh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks called Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. So guess who's on the cover of that book? I think you guys can probably figure it out. And he's also, by the way, I think probably what I should put at the top of his bio is that he's a fellow LSU grad. Hey, Scott McKay, welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Hey, Andrea, I do have to correct you on one thing, which is that Racism, Revenge, and Ruin will be out in six days, not two weeks. Oh, is it? Are we just six days away? (laughs) Yeah, it's six days away. November 21st. Uh, You can pre-order, excuse me, pre-order it at uh, at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Books A Million. And I guess in this interview, I'll give you some reasons why you should, right? Yeah. Uh, Well, first, before (laughs) we get to that. I got to get your take, okay? People today are like, here we were so excited for your fellow LSU grad, Mike Johnson, to become speaker. And it hadn't been more than five days in, really, before this dude is cozied up with Chucky Schumer and uh, the rest and pushing through a continuing resolution with no spending cuts. Uh, You know, you're dialed into Louisiana politics, obviously. You have been for many years. Years. I think your cover pick used to be of you behind Mike Johnson. Should we should we give this guy the benefit of the uh, of the doubt that he's actually yes. going to pull it together and do the right thing? Talk to me. Well, I think I think yes, she's certainly going to try. I, I think that he was given an untenable situation. Um, and if you listen to uh, some of the things that Mike has said in justifying the CR, I, I think they're valid. Which is. 
you had to push this thing past Christmas because otherwise you're going to get the Christmas omnibus, uh, which has been the reason why we're running the deficits that we're running is, I mean, they just load this thing up and everybody gets everything they want and you're just, you know, off the charts. And the only way to get past that is to actually pass appropriations bills rather than a, a, you know, one omnibus uh, right. uh, budget. And well, that's true, I, I, but that, the appropriation yeah. bills have to include spending cuts. One of the things that uh, Congressman right. Biggs said about it was that, you know, people are, are uncomfortable because he didn't he didn't do anything. You know, he, he just you know, I mean, he, he didn't even give us any reason to think that he was serious about some kind of cuts. It's, it, you know, fine, put him in appropriation, separate the 12 different appropriations. But if we're just going to keep spending, what have we accomplished? Well, and like you need all of all of Congress and specifically all of the House to be able to get there. Right. You, like you right. Have, this is an entire process of regular order that they haven't done in 25 years. It's been a generation mm-hmm. since there was an actual budget process in Congress. Um, yeah. And so like that's not something that you can fix with what, 220 vote, uh, 222 votes in the House. Um, you know, like you have to actually build the process, which they've done to some extent in that they are actually passing appropriations bills now rather than forgetting about doing all the like for 25 years, they didn't even pass the bills. Right. Basically. Oh, yeah. They just run a CR every year and they fund the government that way. So, like, I think you've got to get in the practice of actually running an appropriations process. Then you can go back in because each of these bills are funding like a specific agency. Now you can have that fight over what the EPA's budget is and what's in that budget that you no longer want to pay for um, without, oh, we're going to shut the entire federal government down over this one issue. You need to have it where like, no, what's at issue is whether we shut the EPA down over this, you know, this one thing that the EPA does that we think is wrong. And we can we can get rid of that dog. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I I like what I'm saying is I think this is the aircraft carrier being turned around and it it can't be done on a dime. So God, I mean, like, I don't disagree with Andy Biggs, but I think that the ask may be a little unreasonable for a guy that's been on the job three, you know, three weeks uh, and had this kind of crisis dumped in his lap the minute he took the job. Um, what else can you tell yeah, us I'm about not, him? I'm not Go saying Mike is like going to, you know, fix everything, but I am saying it's too early to, to you know, to, okay. to to put expectations on him. All right. I'm not going to fly down there and, you know, try to choke him with a with a string of Mardi Gras beads. OK, I'll give him I'll give him a little bit more time um, before we move into your book. Is there anything that you feel like we should know about him? Uh, some inside baseball that that outside of Louisiana, most people don't know. Oh, on Mike? Well, what I would say is this. Um, You know, Mike has only been in Congress for eight years. So he is very much country class rather than ruling class. Um, And that, I think, is a massive, massive, massive factor that needs to be uh, understood. You know, Kevin McCarthy was ruling class. Like, long before he became Mm -hmm. speaker, he was ruling class. And so, you know, like... 
He's and now, and now he's gone low class. Excuse me for interrupting. Now he's gone low class since, low class. since he got removed. Right. He did a, right. he did a drive by elbow to Birch's kidneys. Okay. Now well, I, I know. Like like McCarthy. We no longer when we're talking about class with McCarthy. Now it's weight class. Is he? You know, is he a bantam weight? Is he a light heavyweight? I mean, you know, because he's obviously a pugilist of some stripe right now. But um, I, yeah. I, and and but the, what I was getting at with Johnson is. He is a guy who thinks about things in the same way that we do. Now, can he deliver on that, you know, with all the cats that he has to herd? You know, I can't make any guarantees on that. But what I can say is he's a very different animal than the Republicans have had as the Speaker of the House when they've had it. Okay. Maybe since Gingrich. Um, yeah. And so, like, I think it's going to take some time for him to solidify a power base and for him to uh, to build a process, particularly around the budget that gets you there. And of course, he is going to have arrows and daggers and nuclear missiles oh, yeah. fired at him from every corner. So. Gotcha. Uh, All right. Let's move into your book. To give the guy a little bit of a break. Yeah. We'll give him a little bit of a break. We've only got a few minutes left before the break. And uh, your book has me intrigued, of course. Um, I did a little tease out there. Guess who might be on the cover of a book called Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. And, of course, it's everyone's favorite uh, you know, demonic uh, person here in the United States, Barack Obama. Um, tell right. everybody about this book. You got my interest. Well, so the, the the genesis of the book was uh, Calamo Press came to me and said, hey, you know, we want to we want to do a book about the effect that Barack Obama has had on America um, since, you know, 2007 and what that fundamental transformation he was bragging about actually is. Um, and, you know, they liked my stuff at the American Spectator. They thought I was the, the right guy to write it. Um, and, you know, I thought it was a, a, a intriguing idea. And so I got started and I got to tell you, um, I, you know, I'm researching what happened when Obama was president and refreshing my memory on all of it. And a whole bunch of things came to light almost immediately, one of which was that everything that's happening with the Biden administration, which is essentially the Obama redux administration. We all know that, right? Obama's the guy really running the country, not Joe Biden. But everything that's happening because of that, everything that's happening in the Biden administration now is essentially a metastasization of something that had already happened when Obama was president, right? Like the DEI stuff is a, that that's like the next level of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the Obama constant agitation on race and the green new deal is, you know, like what you get when you, you know, when you have Solyndra and nothing is done to put a stop to all of that, right? Like you, you right. can go kind of across the board. Um, everything that Biden is doing is just the, the next step um, after the eight years of Obama that was moving in that direction. Um, and, and I mean, it is filtered down. Not, I'm not just talking about federal policy here. This cuts into, uh, you know, politics, even at the local level. It certainly has cut into culture. 
And it's even cut into economics uh, because the American economy is structured much differently now than it was in, say, 2007. I mean, we're an oligopoly. I mean, we're a corporatist, almost a corporate fascist type economy. And all of the, you know, the corporations that run everything are woke. They've they've been captured by the left. Um, and, you know, so small and, and motivated and incentivized by the yeah, excuse me for interrupting. They've also been incentivized yeah. uh, with the social credit scores that have been ESG scores that have been a part of, you know, standards and pours, you know, for a while. Yes. We've got about a minute left. Um, tell everybody why they need to read this book. Well, if you want to understand why America is what it is, and if you're under the mistaken assumption that it's things are this way just because it's an organic evolution mm-hmm. of the country, you mm-hmm. need to read Racism, Revenge, and Ruin, and you will understand that it's not organic, that all of this stuff has been crafted, and the, you know, the guy who has the faction that has crafted it is Barack Obama. And you will, when you read this, you're going to have a much better understanding of American politics, economics, and culture. And maybe because of that, a roadmap on how to make it, uh, you know, not as painful as it currently right. is. And a reason to not have Michelle Obama step out into the White House, which is what I think the play is going well, into 2024. Sure. Yeah. So Scott McKay, the book, thank you for being here. The book is Racism, Revenge and Ruin, and it's available on November 21st. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks, Andrea. All righty. Take it easy. And you guys, we're going to take a skinny, tiny little break, but we'll return. So don't go away. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Rolling along on tonight's Hump Day episode. Why am I reading, you guys, of a Hollywood, major Hollywood celebrity saying... That if Trump wins re-election, she's, she can't live in the U.S. anymore. I mean, how many, Sesame Broccolini, for decades now, have we not been hearing these threats of, you know, leaving the United States if some Republican they don't like actually wins? I mean, stop with these threats, right? Uh, you know, it's Barbara Streisand. Please, I beg of you. I beg of you, lady. Please pack up your bags and take your little, you know, ditty bag on the road if Trump becomes president. <laughs> well, I just don't want her to get my hopes up, you know? I mean, if you're going to leave, hey, <laughs> then just leave. Um, don't, don't. Exactly. The first time around, all these great, out. all these people said they were going to leave, and I was so excited, and I was packing bags for people and, you know, talking to travel agencies, and I was so, mm-hmm. so excited. Um, and, and they all stayed. Um, yeah, I mean, and Trump didn't do anything. He didn't go after all the dissidents or the all the people who opposed him. They all pretended like he was some fascist warlord who was targeting people. But that's what the Democrat Party's been doing for decades. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what did she have such a problem with the uh, the fact that the economics uh, of the United States, the economy was the greatest revival in history and that more black people were working than ever before and starting new businesses than ever before and people could afford to feed their kids? 
kids. I, I'm old enough to remember not wasn't that long ago when there was no baby formula on the shelves. Okay, what was what was it that was so unlivable for her with President Trump, as, as you know, in office? I mean, this this level of insanity. Uh, yeah, stop promising me that you're going to get out of here. Go. In fact, why why would she have a you know she stayed here when he was president the first time? So d- does she actually think that this is some kind of get out the vote drive for Democrats? First of all, what makes her think she has any sway anymore? Who gives a crap what Barbara Streisand? Uh, whoever thought cared about what Barbara Streisand thought? When was the last time this woman made a record or a movie? I mean, do you? I mean, have you ever even watched anything uh, that Barbara Streisand has done? Sesame Broccolini. Not in many years. It's I've seen some stuff, but it's been a long, long time. So maybe it's like yeah. a, maybe she just wants to stay relevant. Maybe it's just a sad attempt to to stay in the mainstream. I don't know. Or maybe it's just TDS. Look, TDS has claimed the lives of many mm-hmm. people. Um, it's a very real diagnos- diagnosable condition. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just is the source of so much activity for the left. Mm-hmm. Truly, so much of their hey. activism is just it's all rooted around rejection of God, hatred of Trump, hatred of country and America and the founding fathers. There is no real Democrat vision for how this country ought to go or how we ought to live. It's just all the time fear mongering, warmongering. We hate Trump. He's bad, evil, spooky, um, yeah. racist, Hitler, everything. Um, I mean, how he, much of it could possibly? Yeah, how much of it could possibly be that she knows that, like, uh, some of these Democrats are just expecting they know what's going commie here, and uh, you know the elites never live under the weight, right? We've talked about that. How much of it is just really the the reality? I mean, it could be just straight up TDS, or it could be somebody you know calculating and going, you know, this country is down the tubes. Um, I'm not going to get to be one of the elites, kind of like Oprah, right? When Barack Obama took office, she thought she was going to be moving her duty bag somewhere into the administration and that the cabinet didn't work. Excuse me, I've had such allergies today, fighting off a sneeze. Um, you know, it, it could be, you know, that, you know, that, uh, that they're not going to be the elite, so they might as well get out. I don't know. Either way, it's absolutely insane. Uh, you know, it, she can live with the terrorists flooding into this country. She can live with the fact that in Beverly Hills, uh, no, there's almost no businesses left anywhere. Retail's all gone. I mean, you know, uh, you look at the destruction that's going on in this country from from directly as a result of what Scott McKay was talking about. We're feeling the expansion of what Barack Obama started. I mentioned it last hour. I didn't even know that's what uh, Scott McKay was going to talk about. Um, but, you know, um, everything has just it didn't start under the Biden administration. It has just gotten it's like a volcano that that with the, that has erupted in terms of how quickly the destruction of America is taking place. Um, And yet, meanwhile, these Hollywood celebrities are just losing their mind over things that are absolutely common sense. Case in point, Pink, um, who is not, you know, when it comes to pop music, she's not one of my favorites. I think she's got a tremendous voice, but her songs are just crappy to me. Um. Now I'm getting the hiccups. Hang on. I'm going to have to hold my breath for 10 seconds. Okay. So that literally works for me, by the way. Okay. So Pink, I don't know if she's going to be doing some concerts in Florida or not. 
Um, I do think she's an amazing performer with her concerts. She does this like Cirque du Soleil stuff and flies all around. That's amazing. If only she was singing some good songs, some Shaka Khan, I might be interested. But I guess when she's in Florida, she's decided that she is going to address what she considers to be the greatest issue in America right now. Oh, it's not the terrorists flooding in across the border. It's not the fact that poor people can't afford $6 a gallon of gas in California. It's not the homeless crisis and um, uh, the number one cause of death for 18 to 34 year olds, which is fentanyl overdose. I mean, it's like every day I'm seeing some yesterday. I saw some uh, former reality show gals brother uh, died or sister died of a fentanyl overdose Two reality stars from the same show. I'm not going to give the names from the same show. Both have brothers die of fentanyl overdoses. I mean, this is an absolute epidemic and crisis. But according to Pink, the big problem, Sesame Broccolini, is the ban of books going on across the country. She's so concerned about this. She has taken to the airwaves. And here's the books that she's most concerned about being banned. To Kill a Mockingbird. um, Catcher in the Rye. Um, I think she also claimed at one point um, that Atlas Shrugged was banned by, yeah, she claimed at one point that Atlas Shrugged Shrugged was banned in the state of Florida. Now, Sesame Broccolini, do you think that Ron DeSantis and his education department in the state of Florida has banned Atlas Shrugged or To Kill a Mockingbird? No. I don't. Uh, <laughs> and I had to think about it for a second, but no, conclusively, I do not. No. And yeah, because that would be stupid and that would be insane. And not, and, and sister friend uh, really needed to do some research. Uh, she got slapped with a community notes on X for saying this garbage. <laughs> what she should have gotten slapped with also was the fact that she pulled a stunt because when she did go to hand out all these books uh, that supposedly were being banned in Florida, none of the books she handed out were on the uh, age. And, and there's no books being banned, by the way, in the state of Florida. It's when it comes to schools and their curriculum. Let's clarify this. It's about deeming certain books not age appropriate. So when she goes to hand out her 2,000 copies of four books that she says were banned, none of them were actually the ones that were considered too lewd and pornographic. <laughs> the whole thing was a failed PR stunt. Um, the actual books that are uh, that are considered to be uh, sexually explicit and even pornographic that are at the center of the debate are gender queer and all boys aren't blue, which features scenes of sex demonstrations. Those were not the books she handed out. She handed out the family book, which does promote LBGTQ themes, but it's not pornographic and has not been one of the books at the central, you know, issue. And she handed out um, The Hill We Climb by Amanda Gorman, which is a Biden poet, um, and Toni Morrison's classic book, Beloved. What a lying hack she is. Has she just has has there just been too much blood going to her brain as she's been spinning around on ropes singing really bad songs with a beautiful voice I might add is that what's going on here I mean did she not realize Sesame Broccolini that there is you know um things called community notes and there's Google and that people can realize that she doesn't know she as the saying goes she doesn't know whether to scratch or watch or wind her butt 
<laughs> no, no, I just think that she, like many other celebrities, got really comfortable with living in a world before community notes where you could just lie and peddle propaganda online. And as long as the mainstream media agreed with you, then nobody would look into it. Nobody would think to double check or, uh, you know, trust but verify, as the great communicator would say. Um, I distrust and verify, um, generally speaking. But uh, yeah, I think she just, she's probably coming from a world where. Someone with her kind of status, wealth, and ego is not usually fact-checked. But the good people yeah. of X are not going to stand for this kind of tomfoolery. We live in a different world now. You can't just say whatever you want without any kind of consequence, which brings us back a little bit to the Candace and Ben Shapiro thing. You can't just say whatever you want regardless of the facts and expect to get away with it when we have a whole world out there right now that can access that information and easily show you why you're wrong yeah and it's yeah. a beautiful thing be i love it yeah thank you community notes yeah. and thank you to yes. elon i get yeah i get fact checked all the time um i get things wrong and, and we get fat you got fact checked yeah. recently you True said that, that uh that uh, sound of music was written by sondheim and it was written by rogers and hammerstein hammerstein so we you know we 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 welcome the fact check um what, but when it comes to these bigger issues um we're usually a little bit more careful we usually don't go and talk about books being banned that are classics mm-hmm. and, and without checking to see if they're actually being banned <laughs> you think a quick Google I mean, search would be worth it, right? Before you, think yeah. you go public with that. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about Catcher in the Rye. I mean, why in the world would a Republican want to, to you know, why would the Republican, we love to There's kill a conspiracy a against J.D. Salinger. That's why. And yeah. The publishing well, well, companies. And- well, and 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 uh, Harper Harper Lee. Why would any Republican want to ban to kill a mockingbird? Just doesn't yeah. make sense. Just it does not make it any doesn't sense. Doesn't even make sense. Yeah. So you know what? These celebs need to just you know the and, and to make it bad. These are singers. All right. Um, you know, just shut up and sing. Wasn't that the lesson from the Dixie Chicks? <laughs> right. <laughs> Who completely destroyed their career. It's different now. We're used to all these, quote, celebrities, these, you know, creatives, these, quote, artistes, you know, injecting politics into their brand. Um, But, you know, people are walking away as well. All right. We're going to walk away from this segment because it's time to take a break. But don't go anywhere because we've got more to share with you guys. I got a little uh, update on a sorority story that kind of, you know, has me aggravated tonight. We're going to talk about that when we come back. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So we've got an update on a story for you guys. Everybody a while back was talking about uh, what happened with Kappa up at Kappa Kappa Gamma um, up. And I think this was in Minnesota where um, they this one uh, chapter of Kappa Kappa Gamma agreed, which they should not have done, uh, to let... um, this 200 and something pound male who rushed the, it was Wyoming, 
uh, a uh, six foot two biological man rushed the house, went through sorority rush. He uses the name Artemis Langford. Uh, they allowed him in only to have the six foot two biological male uh, start peeping and creeping and obviously enjoying what he was looking at. If you get my rated G drift. So six of the sorority sisters um, filed a lawsuit uh, claiming that the transgender per- pervert was watching them undress. So they asked the court to force uh, Kappa Kappa Gamma to define the word. The plaintiffs asked the court, which was the, these girls, to define the word woman so they could decide who could move into a sorority house. And the, it, and I reported on it at the time. That wasn't the right approach to take uh, the, because the judge came back and said, it's not our job here to define the word woman for you. That's really up to the sorority uh, to define the word woman. You know, it's a private organization. I think that I think the court kind of weaseled out here. I think that, you know, clearly the I think it's an example of why we need um, I mean, why do why do we even need this? I mean, it, you know, it's not just hashtag science. It's common sense. It is the the physical, physiological, biological law of the land that there is male, there is female, there is man, there is woman. And these sororities are, you know, women. Nevertheless, um, the district court judge um, said that he ruled that the sorority had a right to decide the definition of a woman for itself. And it did not breach the housing contract by allowing Artemis Langford to move in. Uh, the judge wrote, the judge may not invade Kappa Kappa Gamma's freedom of expression, expressive association and inject the definition of a woman as plaintiffs urge. So uh, this is this is when uh, one of the things that I've said so much over the assault of women through transgenderism is when are these women going to start speaking up? There's more and more women that are refusing to, I think it happened at some ping pong tournament or some kind of bizarre sports tournament recently uh, where, you know, the women just said, okay, that's it. We're, we're not going to continue in the tournament because the next round involves biological men and we're not going to play. Uh, these, these sorority sisters should have never allowed a biological man in. Why did they? For the same reason you see all these runners up and all these beautiful women who come in in second and third at beauty pageants smiling after they've been robbed uh, by a bi- biological man. And so, and, and to make matters worse, guess who finally did get kicked out of the sorority? It wasn't the biological man. It was two of the sorority sisters who spoke up against him. The sorority was ultimately forced to admit that Artemis Langford about, uh, it forced to admit him back despite allegations of sexual deviancy and claims he is a peeping Tom who often watches the college girls undress while sexually aroused, according to the testimony. Uh, two, of the, two of the sorority members uh, were revoked for daring to stand up. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, one of the girls said, I was hurt when I was terminated as a member of KKG, but also disturbed that KKG has become a political tool rather than an organization that promotes women. My, dis- my dismiss- dismissal simply spurs me on to educate others about the dangers of DEI, which in reality does not support diversity, equity, and c- inclusion. Kappa claims to value honesty and embrace differences, but once it, but once it heard, honestly, it did... Uh, heard honesty it did not like kappa shattered every sorority and american value to silence these alumni 
Um, instead of punishing dedicated and caring sisters, Kappa leadership should revoke their own memberships as they are the only ones in violation of Kappa's bylaws. I was going to say, what's going on with the bylaws here? We had a standards chairwoman that in the standards committee, we had a standards committee that could haul you in and you could ultimately get removed, uh, you know, for a variety of he should he would have been removed just for his own behavior from my standards committee. And this is an example. This should be a warning shot to every the women need to wake up. All of these are warning shots to women out there. This should not be acceptable in any aspect of our society. Sesame Broccolini, is it time for us to have some centralized, uh, you know, congressional legislation on the definition of men and women in this country or, or are sororities private enterprises and it's up to each one to deal with this themselves? Uh, well, yeah. So I, I mean, I get the whole, I respect the whole private entity argument in theory. Um, but this is just such a wacky case where I think actually we might need some kind of overarching legislation or, or federal, uh, policy or protocol. And I just can't believe that it's this hard to get a definition out of an academic institution or out of anybody anymore. Well, what about, about what courts? is a woman? And, the, yeah, and what about the courts? Why does this judge not know what a woman is? I mean, the fact that you can't tell me right on the spot makes me question every ruling that you've ever made and every single decision you've ever made on the bench. Um, I just can't believe this basic fact of biological reality that is understood basically everywhere outside of the Western world is now so controversial that judge judges are actually, I don't know if they're afraid to weigh in or if they legitimately just don't know and they can't explain it because we saw that uh, Katanji Brown Jackson couldn't explain it. And she said that she's not a biologist and it's like, well, you don't have to be a biologist to know what a woman is the same way. You don't have to be a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Yeah, um, it's just like I, I don't want federal earlier. action. But how is this? How did we get here? I guess that's the biggest. We, we should need this. Yeah. We already we already know the definition of a woman. We know and a definition of a man. And no, you're you're right. You don't have to be a biologist. Save for some extreme circumstances. All you need to do is look down. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. And there's only two. Somebody posted a great meme the other day. I saved the screenshot of it because I was going to reshare it and I forgot. And it said, you know, uh, I was expecting by this, by 2023, to have cars flying all around. <laughs> I wasn't expecting 73 genders. Right? I did like the Jetsons. It wasn't my, in fact, one year for Halloween in the sorority at one of our sorority fraternity parties, it, it was, uh, I came, I went as Judy Jetson. Really? And which was, well, it was super simple. I used a, a hefty garbage bag to be, if it, it cut a hole in it, put it over my head, did a belt, <laughs> did a little, did a little pony off the top of my head. And I carried around, I put a little stuffed dog on my shoulder. <laughs> it was actually very easy to be Judy Jetson. So the, the, you know, um, cartoons bored me. But the idea of it fascinated me, the idea of living up on space and all the technology. And, you know, I loved the idea of your house being like a diner because I love diners. So I loved the idea that I could go into the kitchen and like, you know, order me a cheeseburger, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite foods and, and have it come out to me that I loved. Um, and we don't have that now. We're not living on Mars. We're supposed to be going back and forth to Mars by now, right? 
Yeah, and I think the cars were supposed to be flying in the air, and I think that we were supposed to be able to time travel and do a whole lot of other things instead of figuring out what exactly is the difference between a man and woman, and is there even a difference? Because at this point, it's gender fluid, gender non-conforming, mm-hmm. gender queer. There's eighty, there's demigenders and octogenders, and it, it and it's happening just so quickly. No one was talking about gender this much five years ago, but now every single place you go it's the first thing they want to talk about i remember when i was in college i was getting a job my freshman year yes freshman not first year my freshman year and they wanted me to write down my pronouns so they could put it on my name tag i just told them no i'm not doing that this is ridiculous i had a beard I'm clearly a man, and to say anything else was insulting, Um, and I wouldn't stand for it. So I remember that was NorCal, though, at a state school, so I don't know if anybody knows how crazy the Bay Area is when you're actually in it and you're coming from outside of it. It's it's another world of kooky in the Bay Area. I don't know how you survived that, man. How did you How did you come out of that and still be a strong conservative? Well, that's the that was the fun part for me. I was a Trump loving, America loving conservative going in, and most of my professors were openly Marxist, and I had a lot lot of very interesting debates and it was rewarding because my friends would come up to me after class and they would say like oh you know we didn't want to take your side in front of the professor but you make a lot of really good points um (laughs) and it was just that was enough to keep me going like it i liked the debate and i figured iron sharpens iron being in a world of opposition will force me to get better at thinking and arguing Mm -hmm. my points and defending my principles um so for me it was like a character building thing it really helped me sort of figure out where I am and what approaches I wanted to take. And I got to debunk a lot of silly arguments and have a lot of fun doing it. So I would go back well, and do I'm it glad again. They let you do it. Hat tip to them. Cause there's a lot of colleges yep. and universities would have tossed you out. I don't think it would uh, fly today. It was only a few years ago, but yeah. I don't think post COVID with this kind of control, no. the narrative tyranny, no. there's no way I, it would fly today. I, I wouldn't even bother going to a college at this point. I don't think, which is sad. No, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't even bother. There, there's, you know, unless, uh, to me, you, you go to colleges, uh, university, if you're going to be a lawyer, a doctor, uh, engineer, yeah, yeah. architect. I mean, there are some very specific careers where you have to, you have to go to college or, you know, uh, to be a nurse. I mean, you know, very specific. Um, but to go into business, you know, just take some business classes, you know, I mean, you don't need a four year degree for any of that nonsense. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K show. Stay with us. AK dynamite in a dress or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her. She's on the answer. San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. What a shock. Apparently, the Secret Service has been misleading the public about the Coke investigation at the White House. You remember that dime bag that was found? And, oh, they just had no idea who could have left that Coke uh, while uh, while around the 4th of July weekend. Uh <laughs> Uh, crackhead Hunter was was just rubbing his nose and hopping all around the balconies at the White House, right? Uh, well, a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, has revealed about 100 pages of documents completely destroying the lies that the Secret Service was spewing. Remember, for example, remember how um, 
uh, hazmat crews were dispatched and they were supposedly near a library. Right. Um, and they had said one of the one of the lies that they told um, was that there was no DNA that was found. Um, well, evidently, there was DNA that was found on uh, the baggie. Um, what were some of the other lies that they told? Um that there were no cameras in the area that covered that covered the area where the coke was found. Um, well, you know, it, it's all according to this report, uh, the FOIA, uh, that uh, there is DNA. They, which means they know who it is, even though they said they did an exhaustive search and no suspect could be found. And now they're, uh, they've either, they probably destroyed the evidence. And so what should happen if we had any kind of Department of Justice and law enforcement, um, the officers involved here would be, would be fired and charged, uh, with, you know, we've, we've got a cover up here, charged with obstruction of justice. Your thoughts on all this, Sesame? I am just, it's like it's so weird on one hand i am incredibly shocked stunned honestly um at the same time i'm not shocked or surprised at all um that the sun i don't know if it's hunter or not it seems most likely that that's the case maybe it's someone else in dc madison cawthorn famously talked about these uh drug-fueled orgy parties that he was invited to um up on the hill so i don't know maybe it's somebody else but either way um the complete obstruction of justice and then Mm -hmm. it's the deception too that that you're pointing out that you're touching on that really just gets me. I can't trust this government. I don't trust a word. They say, I certainly don't trust a word out of the Biden white house. Um, and it it just makes me wonder, have, is this the first time? Will it be the last? I don't know, but it's, uh, where do you think this goes? Is there going to be any talk about it? Any investigation is, is Biden, is is Karine Jean-Pierre going to say anything about it or are they just going to try to paper over this sweep it under the rug? Yeah, I, I don't believe I, I believe it was the Biden family. They know okay. if it was anybody else, there was DNA on it. If there was anybody, if it if it wasn't Hunter or somebody in the Biden family, the person would have they would have said who it was and they would have been arrested. If this was if this was in the cubby holes or whatever, and it was a visitor in the yeah, White yeah. House, they would be able to find out who it was and they would have arrested that individual. Oh, it's definitely not a visitor. It's just a continuation of, you know, our law enforcement, our top law enforcement agencies in the land are operating as, as their whole role at this point is to cover up the crimes of the Democrats and, uh, and affect the outcome of the election by rounding up all the, the MAGA people and treating them like domestic terrorists. That's what's going on. And mean, you know, um, you know, meanwhile, what's the Republican Party doing? The former Speaker of the House is elbowing another another congressperson in the kidneys. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Well, I did see Matt Gates. I think, filed an ethics complaint against McCarthy. So uh, there we go. Uh, Hopefully, I don't know if that could lead to anything, but it just goes to show you that losing the speakership. Kevin was not expecting that. He did not have any faith in Matt Gates or that caucus, and he is really, really bitter about it. And I don't blame him. He cost himself a great job. He really did. Well, he needs to be angry at himself. But see, this is the yep. way dictators, uh, you know, uh, and narcissists, what, what they do is they punish the other people. They can never accept responsibility. They never do anything wrong. It's always somebody else's fault. And they lash out. And in this case, there was an, a physical assault. I absolutely believe Burchett. I believe him. Absolutely. In fact, 
the NPR reporter, Claudia, um, I can't remember, Grisalis or whatever her name is. Gotta listen to NPR. Uh, she, she did interviews in which she said she saw it. And so she believes it. All right. Whew. We, we covered so much tonight in tonight's Andrea K. Show. Thank you, Sesame Broccolini. Don't forget our podcast. Download it. Email me at andreakshow.com. Thank you to my guest. Love you all. Peace out. Keep your head on a swivel. See you tomorrow.